Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this week, we're going to be taking a break from our normal pattern that we've set. We're not going to be talking about movies or TV shows. It is the middle of March, so we're going to be talking about March Madness. We're going to go over the bracket, talk about some of our favorites, and even at the end, we'll have a bracket of our own to go through. So, stick around. All right, everyone, like I said in the intro, we're talking about March Madness. And the first question that I actually want to ask you, David, is, is March Madness, let's just take the first two days, okay, Thursday, Friday, the opening round of March Madness. Put that up against the NFL's wild card weekend. Which one is a better two days of sports? Ooh. Hmm. I think... I think purely just because I, I love the NFL too, which is I think I think March Madness is better. See, that's where I'm um, at too. I think there's just so many more games, um, and while my team usually isn't in the March Madness, which yeah. makes the NFL that Mizzou more fans. exciting. So we're not going to be homers on this podcast because it's impossible because Mizzou didn't even make the NIT. No, new coach, so thankfully. <laughs> All right, um, but yeah, there's just I think there's there are just so many games, and they they schedule them in a way. We're like, right, you'll probably miss a couple, but, like, you can, like, watch a game finishes, next game starts, next game. Like, you can, yeah, like, hit always bu- multiple basketball. games. Um, and, like, somehow we look at these brackets, and every year, you know, South Dakota State as a 13-seed upsets. You know, it's, like, it's exciting when we don't think it will be, but every year we have 10 right. to 13 upsets where, right. like, there's no way this will happen, and it does. So that, I think basketball for sure. And I think this year kind of really cemented it for me because Wild Card Weekend was super Wild Card Weekend this year in the NFL. They had, you know, the seven seeds were in, so there was like an extra game. Only the one seeds got buys and everything, so it was going to be super exciting. And it wasn't. It really wasn't. The divisional round was better. This Wild Card Weekend wasn't. Then March Madness, you can't ever be disappointed because, yeah, there's going to be some one sixteen matchups where, you know, Gonzaga wins by 35 mm-hmm. or something. You'll have that. But for all of those, you will also have games that come down to the final three seconds. And you're watching players and teams you've never watched a game of before outside of March. And it's just – it's magical. So yeah. I, I – it's the most wonderful time of the sports year for me. I, I don't think there's anything that can really touch it, especially, you know, the whole first weekend, honestly – Thursday, Thursday to Sunday, just watching the first two rounds, and they changed. They did a Friday Monday schedule last year. Think, thankfully, they've changed that back. They're not doing that yeah, anymore. That the Thursday Sunday is perfect because Thursday at you know ten o'clock in the morning, basketball starts, and until you know ten or eleven every night, there's twelve hours of basketball games for mm-hmm. four days. It's it's beautiful. You can't go wrong. Even if you miss it, you know, you after class, you get your phone. And it's like, and Davidson upsets Michigan State on the buzzer beater. Like, oh, you're like, of course, you know, like what I. How did I miss that? You this, know? this is the time in your life where if you're a college student like us and you have multiple TVs in your living room, this is where that gets utilized. Yep. You know, you have games on every single screen. You can have four screens going at once and all be watching a different game. We've uh, had three TVs in our room the whole semester for this sole purpose. Yeah. So this is this is exciting. All right. So let's actually let's get into it. Let's talk about the bracket a little bit. We're not going to read the whole thing. There is 68 teams in this. Um, so... You know, if you want to go through and read your own bracket, I just want to kind of talk about the one seeds a little bit mm-hmm. and see see what our thoughts are. Uh, full disclosure, I, I follow college basketball, but not very intently, especially when the Chiefs are good. Um, I used to be way more into college basketball when the Chiefs were bad, but now I don't care as much. So mm-hmm. first, we have 
the one seed, let's just talk about it, Gonzaga in the West. Uh, I don't know if you have this opinion, but is Gonzaga for you the team that always will just, I'll never pick to win. I will always pick to get close, though. Yeah. Um, I think last year I had Baylor winning. I think last year I actually picked right, but that, that was the only Final Four team I had right. And mm-hmm. I, I had Gonzaga, you know, in that uh, Final. But, yeah, I do think this year, though, they are probably the just clear out favorites. Um, mm-hmm. They got a pretty – they have two first-team All-Americans, which is hard mm-hmm. to get. on a With five starters on the floor, you have two of those are all first-team All-Americans. Right. Um, so I think – this year, I agree with you to answer your question, but I think this year I might have them winning in a lot of my brackets because they just they're pretty stinking dominant. See, um, this so. is this is exactly I think how I felt last year was that I didn't see any way anybody was going to beat Gonzaga. If you remember the Gonzaga team from from last year, they were insanely dominant, thirty-one and one. They only lost one game. Mm. Unfortunately, that was the that was the national championship for them. So I didn't see any way that they were going they were going to lose. I mean, they had that Jalen Suggs buzzer beater that happened that was absolutely insane. Um banked like a I don't know, like a 35-footer or something and I was just I've always Gonzaga felt like what I thought Villanova was for a long time. Mm. You know, a real high seed that always disappoints you, but eventually Villanova got over the hump. So I know that it's probably going to come back to bite me. You know, Did they win the two years Gonzaga ago? Thing. They've won recently, but I can't remember when. The Vill- Villanova's win? Uh, Gonzaga. The, Gonzaga has never won a national title. Really? Um, they, yeah, so they're the, they're the team that is Yeah, that is the seed. Because you're like, oh, they dominate. But you're yeah, like, no, they've they're never won They're always it. there at the end, and they're always a high seed. But and, and people go back to the same conversation, you know, of, okay, are they actually that good, or do they just play in the West Coast Conference that is one of the weakest conferences? And then play in 16 seed. And yeah, but this year, you know, St. Mary's is, is not even – It's St. Mary's is what, a four seed, five seed They're in this five tournament? five seed, yeah. Yeah, St. Mary's is a five seed in this tournament. So. And uh, is there another – I think there's another Big East. They're in the, wait, yeah, right, Big East, right? No, they're not in the – they're in the – where's Gonzaga located? Oh, so they would the on the opposite coast. <laughs> um, uh, West Coast is their conference. Uh, West Coast Conference. Yes. If they played in a conference like, I mean, obviously they can't play in the Big East because of geographic location. Why did I say Big East? I have no idea. But if they played in the Big East, I think it'd be easier for us to maybe take them seriously. We feel like they have a better resume. But because they play in in the West Coast Conference, I don't think we we give them a lot of credit. And I think rightfully so. You know, sometimes they just beat up on teams that that you know, don't really have any guys going to the NBA, don't really have any people that we consider real players. And I don't want to say that just in a derogatory way, but that that's true. So I think that we often can underrate Gonzaga, but I, as of right now, uh, I believe I, last time I checked ESPN stats, Gonzaga is, yes, is the most picked um, national championship winner right now. 27.5% of brackets filled out on ESPN so far have Gonzaga winning, um, <clears throat> which is by far the highest. The next closest is Arizona with 13.1%. So mm. uh, twice as like twice as many as the second closest. Mm-hmm. To uh, follow up on our conversation a little earlier, they, they lost in the championship in 2017 and 2021, uh, and elite appearances are 99, 15, 17, 19, 21. And, yes, they have never won a national championship. Yeah, so Gonzaga – Gonzaga is always the team that's – they're there, uh, but they just have never been able to come over to the hump. Mm-mm. So maybe this year they could do it. Um, 
Next one state I want to talk about is actually the team that beat them last year, the the Baylor team, um, which lost a lot of players um, to the draft. Uh, I think that you, that's a theme you'll see throughout. I mean, it's normal in college now, obviously, to lose a lot of guys. But mm-hmm. Baylor is still one of the oldest, most experienced teams in this tournament. But, you know, when I'm filling out this bracket, I don't want to pick a team to win twice in a row. No, they're not. Happen. They're not John Wooden's UCLA team. Mm-mm. I don't. I don't feel like that's going to happen. Well, so. and with them losing as much as they did, as we've seen kind of throughout the year, the what little we've paid attention, like they've struggled at times. Like they lost six games this year. Um, of course, then you have to look at. And I'm looking at it right now. I think they lost more games last year, and kind of one of those dark horse teams that made their way to the tournament. Yeah, they they. There were some people that had them, obviously, but they were they Gonzaga. I think was far and away the favorite choice, mm-hmm. and looked like the right choice up until that the championship game, which wasn't even really close. Baylor dominated that game. How? When do you think Baylor loses? Do you think Baylor makes it to a Final Four? Do you think they even make it to a national title game, or, or do you see them bowing out to you know a Kentucky, maybe even a UCLA in the Sweet Sixteen? Uh, I made a couple brackets so far. Um, I think. I'm just looking here. I think UCLA has a real chance because that's a that's a team that brought back a lot of talent and mm-hmm. was that close to the national championship, but lost. They lost to Gonzaga, right? Or did they lose to Baylor? No, uh, I think they lost to Gonzaga. That that was that buzzer beater, right? Yeah. So I think I think UCLA has a real shot at this um, because they were that close, didn't lose a lot, right? They stayed consistent, same leadership, um, same and team, and they're like. We're ready to get back and, to this. You know, you UCLA know. is is one of those crazy stories last year. Uh, they were in the play-in games. Yeah. Like that. And we, I think, thought the first four, which a lot of people have different opinions on whether they like the first four. I mean, I think obviously it's more games, more money. They're never going to get rid of it, mm-hmm. right? They're never going to get rid of this first four. But people don't really love the way that it's structured. And, like, their teams have no chance. But, I mean, UCLA made a Final Four last year off, off of a first four game. Mm-hmm. So that that's pretty impressive, and to keep that core, I think, yeah, they could. Baylor, uh, Baylor's not. I if I'm Baylor right now, I'm not loving the region that I matched up no. in. You know, you got UCLA, you have Kentucky in there as well. You also have Purdue. Purdue was a team that a lot of people was a one seed in the preseason mm-hmm. and kind of fell off a little bit, but they still they're still Purdue. You know, they're yeah. still a really really good team. That big the Big Ten was deep this year. Yeah, it was. So I think Purdue's still a legit threat. <clears throat> So yeah, Baylor Baylor has probably the toughest road. So yeah. right now I don't see I think I think my pick would be they get upset by UCLA and the Sweet 16, but you never know that experience for Baylor could come in. I never am a fan of doing 1 2 3 4s, but I look with this con- I could legit see Baylor, UCLA, Purdue and Kentucky making out of that. Yeah, I think and this we'll is talk the about one upsets in a bit, I think, but like those all four are like act- legit solid teams. Yeah, this is the one where I I think that any of those four, I'm very confident that yep. they could all make a final four. And they're well coached and have been in the tournament before, right? And and can navigate that, right? You know, how, like Norm Stewart for years at Mizzou was, you know, you win 25 games in the regular season, but didn't know how to coach in the tournament, and yeah. Mizzou always lost in the tournament. Well, with these coaches, they know how to play tournament basketball and how to win. So. Exactly, exactly. All right, let's go to let's go to Arizona now. Um, Arizona, a team that I think, like, since I've been alive, has historically not been great. You know, they're not, they haven't been a powerhouse. They had Sean Miller for a while. The thing that I remember most about Arizona is that their coach was super sweaty all the time. Man wore <laughs> white shirts and they were see-through by the end of the game. Um, but they're, they're a one seed. They're 31-3 and three coming from the Conference of Champions. Um, and 
I think Arizona looks super strong. Some of the stuff that I've seen from them, they're kind of the toughest. It's the same thing with college football that Pac-12 games, I just feel like don't just don't get a lot of play out of the major conferences, and I'm mm-hmm. not seeing them a lot. So I haven't seen a lot of Arizona games. But I think that um, they, have a, they have a very strong team this year, and they're kind of – I don't – my brain does this. I'm stupid, um, and I'll admit that when it comes to college basketball because I'm going to overthink everything yep. and then use analysis, and then whenever we do my family bracket – uh, my mother and sister-in-law who don't care, don't know anything about college basketball, have not read a single sports article or will ever need to, will end up winning the brackets <laughs> because they will randomly pick a team um, to get to the Final Four that nobody else expects and they'll get there. Yeah. But Arizona, for me, it's kind of like this. They've been good for a long time, but I feel like they've never been over the hump. They've never been great. So now mm-hmm. that this team is a legit one seed, 31-3, and three, I feel like i got to go with them. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, and they just recently got a new coach, uh, assistant from Gonzaga. Yes, which helps, right? And and it's I think it's pretty telling. They're thirty-one and three, um, the most success they've had in a while, mm-hmm. and I think that's with the assistance of this coach, right? Coaching under um, the while they haven't won, I'd still consider them a powerhouse of Gonzaga, um, and just how successful they've been able to be. And I yeah. think that's that's helped him, uh, helped Arizona, um, and yeah, I mean. And and we talk about like in football, Pac-12 kind of gets tr- trashed, you know. But like the Pac-12 in basketball is pretty good. I mm-hmm. mean, with uh, UCLA as we talked about, USC with um, Mobley, the Mobley brothers, or single. There's one brother. Yeah, there's no one. Um, they're top ten in the country. Uh, Oregon is a is is a real uh, threat. Um, so that I mean, they got they're pretty deep too, and I think that they've had competition, and you know they've beat USC twice. Yeah, and they just, they, beat UCLA. they just beat UCLA in the tournament championship. They went, they went two and one against UCLA. Uh, they beat Illinois earlier in the year. Like, so I think this team is legit. They beat Michigan when they're in the top five. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think people haven't. This could be wrong, but just from how I perceived it, people haven't really been taking Arizona too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is a legit team. I mm-hmm. mean, they're. They're like five. They're five and one against people in the top twenty-five, and that's a pretty good place to be in because mm-hmm. that's who you're playing in this tournament. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think in my first bracket I filled out. I think I picked Arizona. I've, yeah. I've done three I right have, now, but in the bracket that I think I paid the most attention to and tried to really pick what I believed, uh, Arizona was in the national title game mm-hmm. for for me. So we're we're both. Um, well, I am a 25 bracket guy. That's ESPN's limit, and I normally reach that limit, mm-hmm. and I never win anything. Never I think good, it's crazy. I'm like 25. One of these will, at least one of these will be on point. And then none of them are ever. Because you just think, <laughs> like, statistically, like, I feel at 25 of these, surely. Yeah, no. And then it's like, like because no. Because we'll never have a. I, I'm calling, and this will never happen. Nobody will ever have a perfect bracket ever no. in the history of the world. So that's one of the cool things about the NCAA tournament is you never know what's going to happen. So I have Arizona going a long way. I uh, obviously have not seen many games, but I trust the experts and what people are saying about them and mm-hmm. that they're legit. They have star power. They have the guys that can make deep runs in the tournament. Um, and they're not full of – I think sometimes we get these big Power 5 programs that feel like they're just full of a bunch of inexperienced freshmen that may fold in the tournament and they're unsure of, but I don't think Arizona's that mm-hmm. way. So Well, and just winning 31 games in and of itself is not easy to do, no matter who you're playing. You play so much to consistently win and dominate like they have. I think that's impressive mm-hmm. too. So team, let's let's go to our last team and I think maybe our least favorite mm-hmm. team um, 
in college basketball and just in college sports in general, and that is the Kansas Jayhawks. We're both Mizzou fans, and yeah, you can do the whole thing of like, well, Mizzou sucks at basketball, and KU's good. And, yeah, that's great. I still hate them. Yeah, so, it didn't change the fact that I dislike yeah, the team. Just like I'm sure Raiders fans absolutely detest Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs the last five years, I will, for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. ever hate Kansas and hate the Jayhawks. Well, especially J- now that the rivalry's back up. It's like yeah. even more. Yeah. So Kansas, uh, this year, I don't, I don't know. Do they? They had. I feel like they just had a Kansas year, and I don't know if that. Like, I think that Kansas is always a team that you're scared of. You never want to play them in Allen Fieldhouse. And like, that's one of the best home court advantages, just in basketball in general, mm-hmm. college or NBA. Just playing in the Fieldhouse is, is crazy difficult to do. But I just don't. I don't think I think that they obviously had some good wins, but twenty eight and six, you know, they were they showed that they were beatable. Uh, sometimes Oche Abaji is obviously a great player, but mm-hmm. sometimes Kansas have like struggled with foul trouble and with with depth at a couple of points in this year. Um, so I think they're beatable. Uh, this is for me the weakest one seed when I'm just looking at all the one seeds in the tournament. I think Kansas is the most vulnerable, especially because you know we're just talking about one seeds right now, but this Iowa team is hot. Yeah, they are. And Kansas, you know, is on the bracket is on the same side of the bracket as Iowa. Iowa's in the Midwest region as well as a five seed, which, you know, I feel like the NCAA tournament. This maybe just be my dumb brain, but I feel like a lot like you know MLB, where in the playoffs, in the postseason, you got to ride the hot team, yep. and that's the team that's going to make an impact. And I feel like Iowa being hot right now. You know, if they match up against a Kansas team, and Kansas has a little bit of an off night, and you got Keegan Murray just. You know, he was averaging what twenty eight a game in that mm. the Big Ten tournament mm-hmm. and was going off. I think I think he comes out and yeah. you know Kansas could be in trouble. So I have them in my in my bracket. I have them losing in, in the Sweet Sixteen to Iowa. Um, mm. I know that our friend Zach would be very happy about that if that yeah. happens. Um, and I just I see them as kind of a weak one seed. And I'm saying all this, and Bill Self's probably going to just coach him doing a Final Four appearance. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think so. Another team now they lost in their conference championship, but Creighton, another like unexpected, made a run to the conference championship. Shout out Ryan Hawkins. Yeah, and they were playing well. I mean, and they lost to Villanova by, um, shoot, I think it was four. Yeah, and they absolutely, absolutely decimated other teams. Yeah, and they held Villanova to fifty three. I think I think they lost fifty three forty nine. Yeah, and like, that's. I mean, I know you lose your conference championship, but that's still impressive because they were not. They were not a top seed in that conference just through dropping a couple games and stuff. So I I don't think they're as dangerous as Iowa, but you never know if if they catch – again, if they catch Kansas on an off night, um, they got a big guy that mm-hmm. can be physical in the paint. And if you're Kansas, I think you're kind of scared of that, scared of a big guy like that mm-hmm. in the paint. So. And Creighton's a team that lost they, – they lost almost everybody. They're pretty much – uh, all of their guys that are getting consistent minutes right now are people that were not on the team 12 months ago. Yeah. So that is that's just crazy to think about. And obviously we're gonna we're gonna lean towards Qua- Creighton here because we know how good Ryan Hawkins is. If if you don't know, Ryan Hawkins was a forward for the Northwest Missouri State Bearcats for a long time, probably the second best player in Division two college basketball behind our point guard Trevor Hudgens, mm-hmm. and he transferred out and wanted to play his last year of eligibility you know, at Creighton in a D1 program, and he didn't even do it initially um, because he wanted to make a name for himself or get NBA attention. He really just did it because he just – it's one of the things that he wanted to do. And he moved out, and he has gotten an NBA attention because he's been a standout. 
um, at Creighton has been one of the anchors of that team. So I, I think, yeah, I'm looking for them to do stuff. Um, so let's just talk about who, who we think is going to win it all. Who, who right now, what's the team that you're leaning towards that you think, you know, this is the best shot. I know we're filling out 25 brackets, but uh, avoid what's the one, one you're most confident in of anybody? Who's the team that you think is going to come out on top? Um, I think if, if I'm just gut reaction, I think Arizona has, as a one seed, like has a good chance. They got momentum. They mm-hmm. rode out the year with a seven or eight game win streak. Um, if I just doing, if, if I'm not choosing a one seed, I think UCLA is like, finally like, okay, we're back in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do this. One of those things, you know, and I think Kentucky has a chance as well. I think, um, they got a dangerous duo at, at point guard and shooting guard and they they missed they for a while there i think they a couple both of them were hurt and they were still managing to win games mm-hmm. um and now i didn't know i know they didn't win the sec champ uh tournament um but eh. you know it, it's yeah. they got a good coach who's been here before knows how to coach them and i think um i think kentucky can be dangerous especially if they're on so that's yeah. Arizona, Kentucky. I and think that's that Kentucky's had some some questionable losses. That's my pick. I think for for my kind of favorite right now. I don't think I think that Kentucky has a really good shot. I think I'm maybe being tricked by the uniforms in Calipari a little bit, and I believe in them in the tournament. But Kentucky has some some losses that are iffy. You know, they lost by nine at Auburn. They lost by eight against Duke. But you know, for every one of those, they beat Kansas by. 18 in yeah. Allen Fieldhouse, yep. and they beat North Carolina by 29. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a team that can just decimate other top teams. I mean, if you beat Kansas by almost 20 points in Allen, that's, like, unheard of. So, for me, I, I'm going with the first bracket that I made, the one that I pay the most attention to, I picked the Kentucky Wildcats, and that's the team that I'm going to be sticking with. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about let's talk about some upsets mostly I think let's just talk about which first round game are you eyeing is probably the biggest upset that you think is a very realistic shot. I, I don't think either one of us is picking a 16 over a one. No. Right. But what's, what's a team, a high seed that you think is super vulnerable in the first round and could get upset? Um, I think, well, while I'm kind of looking for one of them, one I think that's just going to happen, I think Virginia Tech beats 6 seed Texas. I don't think it's close. Virginia Tech whooped Duke in the ACC championship. Yeah, Virginia Tech looked really good in that. So ACC I think Virginia Tech upsets number six Texas. I don't think that Texas team is very good anyway. Um, also, we should clarify that David has a strong hatred for Texas as well. Yeah, that's true. Which could be influencing his decision-making. I think I'm not high on Arkansas. I really? wouldn't be surprised if Vermont um, upsets um, uh, Arkansas. I just feel like – no, I'm not an Arkansas fan, so I'm not, like, paying attention to them fully. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like they're really kind of up and down. Um, like – well, I don't know if you were asking for one, but I just thought of another one. Auburn. Yeah, Auburn's a team. Jacksonville State. I don't know anything about them, but I do know Auburn has been one of the more inconsistent teams yes. this year. And I could see that happening. So I hope I didn't take yours with my th- three-part answer. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I was I, I was actually going to talk about the Auburn one. I think – so right now number two seeds are 135 and nine. Um, five of those nine losses have come in the past nine tournaments, though. 
mm. um, including last year. Last year, Ohio State was a two seed and lost to 15 Oral Roberts. That made me very happy. Very famously. Actually, um, Oral Roberts made a run too, didn't they? Yeah. Sweet. I think they made it to the Sweet 16. Um, and we're, we can also talk about the most famous one, I think, for Mizzou fans, the most Don't. painful one. I Don't. have to mention it is Norfolk, <laughs> Norfolk State, uh, 15 seed, beating a two seed Mizzou that a lot of us were excited about it possibly making our first Final Four ever. It was rigged. And, yeah, college basketball is rigged. No. <laughs> um, I think for me, and it's one I've heard a lot of, a lot of experts talk about uh, just based off of um, the way that Providence looked in that in the most recent mm-hmm. tournament that they played in and, and stuff, I think that San Diego State has a real shot. Uh, this is a 13-4 matchup. San Diego State has a real shot to beat to beat Providence. Um, Providence is a team that's super well coached, but is a team that doesn't have a lot of stars. And when mm-hmm. it comes to the NCAA tournament, I rely on stars. And um, South Dakota State is also that classic mid-major school that can shoot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think of that Wofford team yeah. a couple of years ago, you know, any team that's got a lot of guys that can just hit threes. I think you're always in a game if you can shoot. And that's where if you can shoot, you can kind of balance out maybe some of the athleticism that you're missing. Mm. And I think that, you know, even if their defense, San Diego State's defense isn't great, you know, if you can hit the three ball consistently, you're always in a game. Mm-hmm. So that would be that would be my pick, a 13-4. Um, I think we have to mention number 10. Loyola Chicago and seven Ohio State. I think they. they have a, I don't know how good Loyola yeah. is, but I know Ohio State also has been inconsistent. It is, it is wild for me that a team like Loyola has become, you know, such almost a. Not I don't want to say a powerhouse. I feel like that's over. That's too much. But Loyola is just always there. It seems mm-hmm. like the last couple of years we're gonna see Sister Jean again, of course, and get to get to watch the cutaway to her all the time. But Loyola did lose their coach, um, but. Once again, they, they reached the Final Four as an 11 seed in 2018. They reached the Sweet 16 last year as an 8. They know. upset number one Illinois last year. They're a program yeah. that's used to making deep runs from high seed, from, from a high seed. So I, I, just, I think, yeah, you have to look at that. A 10-7 is not a huge upset anyway, but I think you got to look at that. All right. Um, <clears throat> which team, because we, we don't, neither one of us have a dog in this fight, right? Missouri's Correct. out. Um, I think that if Missouri State had made the tournament, I probably would have rooted for that one's my brother's alma mater. But Missouri State is out as well, so no Missouri teams, no no kind of home court. Of course, if a team from St. Louis made it, I would not root for them. I will never root for St. Louis sports ever in my life. Uh, so who? what's the team you're rooting for the most? Maybe not even a favorite. Could be a low seed, could be a high seed, could be anything. Wh- which team are you rooting for the most in this tournament? Um... Yeah, this is kind of fun. I mean, it's not fun. I would, I'd probably rather have my team in there. But when it's not in there, you can like, it's like, not biased. Yeah, you can other than look. teams you're biased towards that yeah. you don't like. But I think for me, I think I think I'm cheering for Iowa. Really? Yeah, I think it's just one of those things of like, it'd be new blood. And you know, so many people that are Iowa fans already. Yeah, and like, you know, it's new blood, and then um, it's just be fun. They're a fun team to watch. I, I kind of like you mentioned if you can shoot, you have a chance, and that makes it entertaining when you have, you know, Bohannon, these Mer- Keegan Murray, all these guys. They're like, how are you hitting this? You know, mm-hmm. you're four foot behind, four feet behind the three point line. You just hit that. Like, just like, it makes it exciting. Yeah, um, they're a fun team to watch. So I think that'd be fun. Um, and then it, they're a blue blood, but UCLA to get their redemption, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, fun UCLA would be a cool one. I think mine will probably be Creighton. Um, I'll mm. be pulling for Creighton the most. I don't like rooting for just high seeds anyway. I, th- I like rooting for upsets, but I think 
you know, I'm rooting for a nine. So it would be, they would, if they win a game, it would be upset every single Mm -hmm. way and less another double digit seed. So I think I'll be rooting for Creighton. I'll just root for the amount of times that Northwest Missouri State's basketball program can be shouted out on a national telecast. Get more attention. Which would be, which would be kind of cool. Northwest, um, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be, the game will have started. Northwest is playing for a region title against Augustana tonight um, and looking for just to cap off an insane run of championships here. But it'd be really cool to see Ryan Hawkins, you know, make a deep run in the big tournament. And maybe it would help. You know, we always talk about it and we'll never be able to prove it, but how Northwest could make some noise if they got into the D1 tournament. I don't think this year's team could. I think they're a little weaker. But that that peak year where the starting five was – uh, Trevor Hudgens, Diego Bernard, Joey Wittes, Ryan. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Hawk. Joe, uh, and then Ryan Welty. Ryan Welty. Uh, that was just a team that I, and then the next year they went and almost beat Duke in an exhibition game. Um, I, I just, I think this will just kind of validate some of the things that we've been saying about how good this program is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be rooting for Creighton. All right. What team are you rooting against the most? Um, and why is it probably Kansas? Texas and Kansas. Yeah. You're um, I just, I don't know, man. I just despise them, and uh, and and it should be said, despise the success specifically that Kansas has, as well. It's always nice to see a team like that lose. I think if you, yeah, it is. If you're in any way a rival with them, so. And I think especially like it was like yeah, I don't like Kansas, but then after we like played them this year, um, and I think it's more of like we, we were embarrassed, and you know our head coach was just fired, thankfully. Yeah. But um. That we got embarrassed in that, like 104 to 65, and uh, they kind of just like re like sparked that flame mm-hmm. um, of, and then you know, so you see social media and you see the, you see the players on the bench and, yeah, they're just cocky, you know. You're like, I just don't want them to have success. I'm tired of seeing them, yeah, be happy. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think for me, um, it's easy. It's an easy pick. I will be rooting against Duke every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Even I though have, it's Coach K's last year, it's his last stint. It's specifically because it's Coach K's last year. Um, I think, you know, last year, uh, Roy Williams retired the right way. He just did it after the season, quietly had a press conference, got the news cycle for a day. I don't like it, and this is including the, the now late great Kobe Bryant. I don't really love it when you announce you're going to retire at the beginning of the season and then make every single game about yourself, and I think it's even worse when you're a college coach. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Coach K has made I, every game essentially about himself and they've even Duke's program has gotten upset when they weren't treated with the respect and there was no ceremony held for Coach K at an mm-hmm. away game or something, I just think that's ridiculous. It's distracting. I was rooting hardcore for North Carolina to beat Duke on Coach K's last home game and they did. Um and I will be I will be rooting for uh, for Duke to lose. CSU Fullerton. And yeah, I don't think they're going to lose in the first round, but if you don't think I'm going to practically be wearing a CSU Fullerton jersey during <laughs> that game, then you're out of your mind. Uh, Coach K even requested to be in a different region so he could he could play in a different stadium and kind of finish up there and the uh people that decided the bracket uh, ignored him and put him in the west region which is maybe the strongest one so yeah i i will be rooting against duke and it's not anything against the players although i think that you kind of have to either pretty much either you're a duke person or a north carolina person Mm -hmm. unless you're another acc fan i think you have to pick one or the other and i think i've always gravitated towards north carolina over duke tar heels have been fun never been a duke guy i think duke has had and you need villains in sports and duke has been a villain a lot they've been they've had hateable players a lot i mean Mm -hmm. grace and allen 
JJ Reddick, Christian Leitner. You know, Duke mm-hmm. is Duke is the team of villains, and they have people you can hate on. And I feel like that's a rivalry too, kind of like Auburn and uh, Georgia, Auburn and Bama. Like Carolina was kind of forgotten this year. And yeah, they had a couple dominant upset and they got, wins, and it got them in the tournament. I think, and they got that. absolutely stomped by Duke on their mm-hmm. home floor, and then to ruin Coach K's last home game, I think is just super poetic for that team. So yeah. I will be rooting against Duke. I'm an anti Coach K guy. I'm sad to see him go because I think sports need villains, and Coach K was a good one for a while. Um, so you think he's a bigger villain than Tom Rizzo? I I think Tom Rizzo is would be a bigger villain if he won more, but he doesn't. So Coach K, you know, has the kind of unassailable. Is he the best basketball coach, college basketball coach of all time? I would say no. I would still say that John Wooden is better than him, mm-hmm. um, because I don't see anybody hanging up Coach K's pyramid of success on their wall. But I do see every single coach ever hanging up John Wooden's pyramid of it's success true. on their wall. It's true. So I would say John Wooden is better. But Coach K's got that argument. So you know, it's like hating Tom Brady. You know, you hate Coach K, you hate Tom Brady. You don't like to see other people win when it's not your guy. And Coach mm-hmm. K's not my guy. Yeah. So the last thing before before we kind of take a break. Um, I want I want to pick a double. I want us each to pick a double digit seed that we think will go the farthest in the tournament. Could be a Sweet Sixteen appearance, could be Elite Eight. But who's the team that's a double digit seed that you think can go the farthest? Uh, for me, it's Virginia Tech. Um, they absolutely surprised me. Um, in the in the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, let me. I'm trying to pull it up. But they um. I'm not even sure what seed they were in the conference tournament, the but ACC, they, yeah. they went 11 and nine in the conference, 23 and 12. They're seventh in the ACC, but they just went um, on a run. They went on a run in the tournament, uh, beating uh, Clemson, and then they beat North Notre Dame, and then North Carolina, who's ranked, and then they beat Duke, 82 to 67, in the ACC championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Uh, that they're kind of like Iowa. They're hot right now. Um, and they are, they're seven, they've won seven of the last eight games. Um, and I think even like, like whether you're good or not, I think if you beat a team like Duke and you have confidence, I think that helps too. Momentum Mm -hmm. and having a confidence, like, okay, if we can beat Duke, they genuinely probably believe they can beat anybody, which I I believe that too. If you can beat Duke, you can beat anybody and how they beat Duke is, yeah. And beat Duke handily too. So I think as an 11 seed, and they don't have a terribly difficult path. I think I think they have the easiest 6-11 matchup in the first round against Texas. They'd have to get through probably Purdue, which right. is tough. But Purdue has, you know, Purdue's kind of fallen off at the end of the season a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they would have a Kentucky team that, you know, could possibly face Kentucky that did not have a strong showing in the SEC tournament, mm-hmm. didn't win. And then, you know, they'll go, they could face, you know, Baylor or UCLA. Somebody like that, um, and you never know what can happen. So yeah, I think I think Virginia Tech's a really good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my South Dakota State pick. Mm. Um, I think that they, I don't I think maybe it's probably Sweet Sixteen is the ceiling for them. But I think that you know team that can hit shots will always be one I believe in. And I think eventually that seems to run out. We we've seen that that the team that relies on the three ball, you live by the three, one you bad die, game, you die yeah. by the three, and you normally die by the three when you're playing a team that's athletic and has length, but. I I think that they could still they could still make a make a push and I think that if you know they they get hot they could easily win that first round game and then who knows you know a team that can shoot is always going to be deadly so I think it could be South Dakota State all right well we're gonna go ahead and take a quick little break here and then we're gonna come back and actually rank the rounds of the NCAA tournament so 
Tune in for that. Stay after this quick little break. All right, welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch? We're about to rank the rounds of the NCAA tournament based on our enjoyment of them. Um, so, you know, you may think that this is just going to be all chalk and that the championship is going to be the best, but maybe not. So round of 64 all the way down to the national championship. Let's start with your – okay, so let me count them. Six. Let's start with your sixth pick. What's the sixth best round of the NCAA tournament? Um, I think for me, I think it's round of 32. Really? I feel like, cause I, that, yeah, I do. I don't want to explain more and then give away my other rankings, but I'll but you go just with feel like round of 32. It's just like that second, right? We've had all the upsets from the previous You've rounds. You've had the excitement. And but now. then afterwards, it's like, okay, there's 16, only eight, only like, you know, it kind of gets like, all right, this is getting down to the legit, like this mm-hmm. is. We're kind of starting to see who's actually going to get into this. So mm-hmm. that's – it's hard. I like them all, I would like to say. But 32 is number six for me. Yeah. Um, I'm going with six. This is this is going to be very weird to some people. I'm going with national championship. I'm going with that as my least favorite. And it's just because it's one game. It's it's only one game. And if that game is bad, then it's not a good round. You know, if we get a, if we get a game like last year where it's not ever close, it never goes back and forth, then – then we have a round that's a disappointment. So I think that I have to go with that as as my worst round. Yeah. You know, not every year can be a North Carolina Villanova, you know, two insane shots to get hit in the last 10 seconds of the game to decide a national championship. Sometimes you get clunkers in the title I feel like game. last year sticks out, though. I feel like before that, it's previously, it's been pretty yeah, close, I don't right? Know. I don't know. I, I could always, be wrong on that. I'm just like, trying to remember. I feel like there's times where, you know, we've had some ugly, ugly national championship games, too. Yeah. I think of, uh, was it the UConn-Butler one that was, like, one of the lowest-scoring national championship games ever? That's because true. If it's low-scoring, then you're, you're like, also, all right, this is boring. You also have the factor of when they, they play in a – football stadium and they talk about it every year but the depth perception is off you're not used to playing in a gym like that you're not used to playing on the floor like that mm-hmm. and yeah it affects the final four some but it especially affects the national championship game a little bit and so i think that that game has a propensity to be you know it's only one game and if it's it sucks it sucks and it's not the super bowl you know it's not a game where you're every other aspect of the national championship is a spectacle you know it's just that game so that mm-hmm. for me would be last okay all right what is your what's your fifth pick what's the fifth best round um, I think you convinced. I think national championship would be fifth for me. Then okay, I wasn't gonna put it one or two, but I think with that, that did kind of convince me. And then looking back through the history, yeah, sixteen point win to uh, Baylor last year. Mm-hmm. Villanova in eighteen won by seventeen points to Michigan. Um, had a couple overtime games. Yeah, but it is it's just like one. Yeah, it's one game compared to just a bunch of upsets, which in and of itself is mm-hmm. is uh, exciting. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, it's like hit or miss. Like it's either going to be exciting or it's like, well, that was a disappointing national championship. Yeah. So for me, national championship will be fifth. Uh, my fifth one is going to be the Elite Eight, and the reason that it is the Elite Eight is because out of the ones that have been named, so you got Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, and Final Four. That's the worst name. I just think I think Sweet Sixteen is cooler, and I think Final Four is cooler. But I think the Elite Eight is is kind of the weird in between one where. If you make an Elite Eight appearance, I, it's almost like you can brag more about making a Sweet 16 appearance than an Elite Eight one. 
because that seems like more unexpected if you're a double digit seed or something. But if you make an elite eight, I feel like Mizzou brags about that and nobody else does. Mm. It's like not that you're not at the pinnacle of the final four, but you still don't have all the games that you have in a sweet 16 round. So for me, elite eight would be the, the fifth best pick there. Got you. So let's, let's do our number fours now. What's your number four, David? Um, this is tough. I think I'll do Elite Eight. Okay. Um, not because it sounds worse. Like that's, that's uh, I haven't thought about that before, <laughs> actually. But, um, yeah, I think it's like, I don't know why. It just feels like a weird middle ground, like a Sweet 16. All right, there's 16 teams left. Yeah. This is kind of like the final, right? We're, we're kind of molding them out. These are the teams. That, and like in the, the Final Four, it's like, all right, this is – this is, is it, it, you know. And the Elite Eight just feels like the kind of – and there's not enough games, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's not like an important enough spectacle as the Final Four, but it's still not the Sweet 16 where you're like – still have a c- large amount of games in two days. Mm-hmm. So, but like the legit 16 – like I think like once you get the Sweet 16, it's like, all right, these are the good teams. Yeah. Like we've weeded out those who are not going to make it or inconsistent or this or that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, all right. So your fourth would be the Elite Eight. Um, okay, so th- – my my fourth would probably be the round of 32. I think I agree with you that sometimes the shock factor of, of the first round kind of ends there, and it feels like it's more of a chalk round. You can still have some crazy stuff, but that's when, I, like, a lot of the Cinderella, like, oh, my God, this freaking 14 seed just won their first round game. That's mm-hmm. so insane. Kind of comes to an end, and they kind of get run into a buzzsaw of a, of a blue blood team or something. So, yeah, I think round of 32, while there's still a ton of games and stuff, I think that's the one that's – maybe more chalk and you 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 kind of lose some of that cool upset factor yeah all right so now we're now we're into top three territory uh so what are you what are you going with for number three i think for me uh sweet 16 will be three uh that will be mine as well yeah so i would agree i think that it's you know it's not as cool as making a final four you don't have the craziness of the first day Mm -hmm. you know of the first round um, but you still have a lot of games. You got a lot of teams, and you have some room for upsets. Sometimes the Sweet 16, you know, a Loyola Chicago mm-hmm. as an eight seed can make a can make a Sweet 16, and it's still exciting. And I think it goes there not because it's any worse, but it's just not as good as the it's next two that we're about to talk about. All right, so here let's just do our number one pick then okay. first because there's no reason. To I pick think ours two might be the same. Uh, I would imagine it's the first round, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So number two is the Final Four. I think it's cool to make a final four you put a banner up for making a final four it's something that some teams have never done um even some programs that you think have could have done it already have not so it's you kind of get to that goes on the coaching resume it goes on the like player draft resume of like mm-hmm. final four appearances is on there you know but I, I there's there's again there's there's two games nothing can match the first two days of the tournament mm-hmm the round of 64 is just insane. And, yeah, I didn't count the play-in games as a round. I think that would probably be last place because it's the least – it's not a ma- not as many games and the least fun matchups. I don't even watch them. Yeah, so, you like, that's not the one you meticulously watch. But mm-hmm. the round of 64 is just – it's so elite in just the amount of sports you can consume in a two-day time span. And that's when all the fun bracket stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when your bracket gets busted. That's when you <laughs> – that's when you're, like – Oh my God! I like I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I'm perfect. And then 12:30 on Thursday hits, and you're like, "Are you kidding me? This freaking two seed just lost to a 15, and I had them in the final four. Like yeah. now this bracket is ruined, and yeah. now I can just root for upsets the rest of the time because I don't care about my bracket." Mm-hmm. Round of 64 is so elite. Uh, yeah, in 2016 there were 10 wins by double-digit seeds, and that was that's the most in tournament history. 
And in 2001, 2012, and 2021, there were nine upsets in the first round in the first round of play. Right. So that's just it's so exciting. I mean, you can crazy things. Can like, there's happen. no such thing as like powerhouse blue buds. Like, literally anybody, as we saw with Virginia and yeah, Virginia uh, lost to UMBC. UMBC. <laughs> anybody can lose, and anybody can win in the first round. And it's just it's the only time where you watch just straight sports for 12 hours, and there never feels like there's a lull. You know, it never feels like there's a break. It's fantastic. And you got four TVs on and life is just good. So the round of 64. Before we go to break, I want to talk about one thing that I didn't actually put on the outline. Um, the Obviously, the women's tournament is also happening. And I want to plead with everybody. I'm not telling you you have to watch every women's basketball game, every every women's tournament game, or every men's game. You know, you don't have to do that. But if the Iowa women are playing basketball mm -hmm. at any time, Watch it, okay? Because you have to, if you have not seen for yourself, if you have not watched Caitlin Clark play basketball, she is in the running for player of the year. She is an Iowa player who is the, you know, we throw around the term Steph Curry of, you know, women's basketball a lot. And, and we throw around Steph Curry just as a comp for anybody that can hit deep shots. Caitlin Clark is that player. Mm -hmm. I watched her game against Michigan, and she was pulling shots from the M on Michigan's floor just not in like a desperation. Oh my God, the shot clock's running down. Like, yeah, I can hit this shot. There's, there is 23 seconds left in the shot clock, but I'm going to hit a step back yep. from 35 feet. Uh, she is insane to watch. So if Iowa is ever on, and especially if there's a lull in any of the men's games, and a lull means like, you know, one seed is just dominating 16 and you, uh, or you're just bored and you're like, oh, I, you know, there's the women's tournaments. On. Oh, Iowa's playing. Watch it. Watch mm -hmm. Iowa play. Watch Caitlin Clark play. You owe it to yourself. Um, I think the last kind of women's player that we saw like this was Sabrina Inescu when she played for Oregon when was going off on all those triple doubles. Kobe Bryant was shouting her out on Twitter every game and then going to her games. Yeah. Kind of became one of her mentors because Sabrina was so dominant and it was just really fun to watch. Uh, Caitlin Clark is the same way. She's just insanely fun to watch. So if you haven't watched an Iowa women's game, I would challenge you to watch their first round game in the tournament this year because it is going to be exciting. And actually, let me let me find the time of that for you. I got it right here. So, okay, yeah. So uh, what time is it happening? March 18th. So that is a Friday. They play this Friday at 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. against Illinois State. They are a two-seed playing 15-seed. Uh, and if they win that, they will play Sunday at yep. a predetermined time. At a so those, time. those games are on um, – uh, ESPN, I believe that's that's where the women's tournament is is on ESPN. So if you can, I would watch that Iowa game. I would check it out. Just check out. You could just go on the internet right now and look up Caitlin Clark highlight videos, and you will see what I'm talking about. She's must see TV, uh, and just an insanely talented basketball player, and so fun to watch. So you should do that. All right, we are going to take our final break of the episode. We're to come back, and I've actually created our a bracket for us and it is a bracket of things that always happen in the ncaa tournament so I'd, it's going to be a little fun thing it's an elite eight um but we're going to go through that and we're going to fill out that bracket together so come back all right welcome back to what do you want to watch and we have our bracket that we're going to go through are elite eight of things that happen every ncaa tournament so this is just eight things that i came up with the help of with the help of a, actually a sports group chat that i'm in 
of things that happen at the NCAA tournament every year, and we're going to come up with our most elite thing that happens every NCAA tournament. So let's first, I'm going to go through the one seeds. The first number one overall seed in the West region. I'm not going to do that, actually. <laughs> Just the, one of the, no, the number one overall seed is one shining moment. Okay, that's the one shining. I uh, don't hit us with copyright, but it's the you know I got they you. always play that every year over the it's dramatic like, uh, yeah. shot happening. Yes, of, of people. Yeah, it's the one shining moment compilation is is fantastic, and it's something that happens every year at the NCAA tournament. It's one of the most memorable things that you can see on CBS. So that is that is the number one seed. The other number one overall seeds are Bill. Raftery, which if you don't know, that is a CBS commentator who always does the Final Four and the championship, saying, with a kiss. He says that um, normally when they cut to commercial, anytime somebody banks any shot in um, off the glass, he says, with a kiss. It's an iconic call. It's something I look forward to every NCAA tournament. I know that that it's time to get excited about college basketball when I start thinking about Bill Raftery saying that. So. That is number one seed. Another number one overall seed is an update on how many perfect brackets are left. Mm -hmm. I think the most fun is checking um, Friday morning after the first day of games when they're like 2.1% of brackets yeah. submitted on ESPN one have been game, perfect. One game ruins it too. Usually. Yeah, and then it's just the – and after like, I don't know, some 13 seed goes to the Sweet 16. like, And that is all the perfect brackets mm -hmm. gone. That's always fun. Um, and the last one seed is guy from small college that goes ham. I'm a sucker for dude who can who can shoot or who just puts the team on his back. I think R.J. Hunter of Georgia State, what is that, probably five or six years ago now, coach's son who like was just putting Georgia State on his back and yeah. was going off in the NCAA tournament. I always love that. There always seems to be one every single year, a guy from a small college that's just going insane. So that is the last number one seed. The number two seeds, um, uh, trying to remember what channel True TV is. <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, I don't know anybody that watches True TV normally in everyday life, but by gosh, does it get a lot of play during the NCAA tournament? So, trying to watch, trying to remember what channel that's on is always fun. Um, crying kid that roots for a blue blood program. So, a Duke, that's you know, good. Kansas, Kentucky uh, fan crying in the stands when that team gets beat by some school that has probably no business beating them in the NCAA tournament is always something uh, going along with that uh, is crowd shots of disbelief. Um, I think that that, that is saying the open mouth stare. Mm. Um, actually, I'm going to change the other number two seed from crying, crying player from blue blood. So Ooh. normally a bench player actually is the one that cries the most for some reason, probably because they just didn't get to play, but the crying player, and then we'll do the crowd shots of disbelief too. And the last two seed is this is March tweets. Mm -hmm. So anytime anything happens crazy, a buzzer beater, any upset, something like that, it, you always get a this is March yeah. tweet. So, okay, so the first matchup we have is one shining moment versus trying to remember what channel True TV is on. Uh, which one? Which one should go over? Ooh, this might be more difficult than picking like <laughs> teams for the actual bracket. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I think for me, I think the one seed takes that. I think, I think the one shining is just too much. It's of just a, so funny and dramatic, and it's just yeah, it's it's, it's fun to it's, watch. It's uh, it's corny, but like you still love it, mm -hmm. and the song is like stuck in your head for. 
for the next couple of days after. And you some do intern it. just made a cracked video. <laughs> yeah, and it and looks good, but it's, it's still just, just funny. So emotional for no reason, yeah. pretty much. And yeah, so we'll do that. Okay, the next next matchup that we have is guy from a small college going ham versus a crying player from a blue blood. I think for me, the crying player is so funny. I, I would agree. I do enjoy a This good, is a tough one. I do enjoy a good small college player going off. But what I even enjoy more is a Duke player crying because they just got beat by CSU Fullerton. Like, so. I just see him laying on his back on the side of the bench as his, as his starting friend just missed the buzzer beater, and he's just crying oh, and yeah. weeping. Oh, yeah. It's it's always good. It's always good to see that. So that, that will move on to the final four. Okay, so the next one we have Bill Raftery saying, with a kiss, and this is March tweets. His, I love his with a kiss. Yeah, with a kiss. It's is like iconic. So, it's so good with a kiss. This is not a Virginia UMBC match. <laughs> this is a <laughs> win by twenty. No, yeah, I, th- I think I think you're correct. So Bill Bill Raftery will make it to the final four. And for our last our last Elite Eight matchup, what we have is an update on how many per- perfect brackets are left versus crowd shots of disbelief. Um, so you got the crying kids in the crowd. You have the people just open mouth staring. My favorite is the guys that did body paint mm. that then lose. And, you know, they got to walk out of the stadium yeah. after they, you know, probably woke up early that morning and painted their whole body and have been in the arena for hours and hours. And they got to walk out with the sadness and the shame. Uh, this is tough. What do you think? What are you picking here? Um, I think... I think I kind of want to do crowd shots. Um, I love the update on how many perfect brackets are left, but I think that's for expected me, every single year. Every every year, the crowd shot of disbelief. We get at least like one memeable yeah. fan in the crowd that we can then use for college basketball memes or for any kind of meme for the rest of the year. So I think it's I think it's just a top tier program. You know, I think mm-hmm. it I think it's always putting out consistently and it, it knows how to perform in the playoffs. Yeah, knows how to perform in the postseason, and it's. I think it's just super consistent. So, and who doesn't love crying kids? Honestly, you know. Wait. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, okay. So our final four right now is Bill Raftery saying with a kiss, one shining moment, the crying blue blood player, and the crowd shots of disbelief. So the first matchup, one shining moment versus crying blue blood player. What are we picking? I might have to go with the crying blue blood. Really. I see. I was gonna go one shining moment. I think we have to flip a coin now. I think we just have. Okay. What What else can we do? Okay. So, so heads is crying blue blood and tails is one shining moment. Okay. And. Sorry. What is it? It's tails. It's tails. It never so, fails. So one shining moment. One shining moment. We'll move on. I'm okay with that. That's a good one too. Like that's. Yeah, I think I think that that. I think that either one of those either one of those programs wins, you know, and we're happy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. one shining moment is now in the national championship. Okay, so we have Bill Raftery saying with a kiss and a crowd shots of disbelief. I want to debate this one. I want I want to go over it if we have different answers. But let's see. Do we have different af- answers? What's your initial? What's your gut reaction? Who are you taking? Disbelief. Really? Yeah. Here's okay. why. It, it it's iconic, but. It's that one kiss. It's that one kiss. One phrase <laughs> every year. Yeah. Every year we get a brand new reaction, brand new person, brand yeah, new a moments. Good point. A good point. It never repeats. That's impossible. Well, I mean, unless there just happens to be the right. same person. Right. We're not but counting. We're not always, counting the same shot of Sister Jean that comes on no. TV every year. But there's always something new, or someone crying, or yelling, or yes. something happening. And I think this year, this year we could get the ultimate crowd shot of disbelief. And if Duke gets upset, yeah. 
This is a anti-Duke podcast, all right? You're just hearing it here now. It's an anti-Duke podcast. If Duke gets upset and we get to see Coach K's entire family in the stands all sad because his career is over, that will be great. That would be fantastic. What was that a couple of years ago when the Villanova flutist was crying while she was <laughs> yeah. playing? That's yes. iconic. Yes. So I, I, you know, my an, initial gut reaction was to go Bill Raftery, but I think that you have successfully argued for the crowd shots. So there's always there's always something new. Yeah. There's always either funny or sad with them. All right. So crowd shots is in the national title game for the most seed. elite thing that happens. Dang. Every year, yeah, a two seed. This is not a chalk tournament, ladies and gentlemen. This bracket has been busted. Most of you probably don't have perfect brackets anymore if you're mm. picking this. I think right. 0.75% of my calculations, they have them. <laughs> so, so we have crowd shots versus one shining moment. What are we doing? What? See, I can't use my previous argument because every year every it's year a previous tournament and – Every year, one shining moment it's a new is is unique. New it's clips. got new clips. It's got it's a new compilation. So that this like, is tough. It does not help. Yeah. I, I successfully. Well, this is the natty though. Oh, I successfully flipped you. What do you think here? And then we'll see. So I think it's one shining. Um, I I love crowd shots. Don't get me wrong, but one I think that that is inseparable. You can have crowd shots in any sporting event. You know, mm. like some of the most famous ones that we have are like, yeah, I think back to that Michigan fan during the Michigan game when they when they lost in the last second when they playing Michigan State, I think. And they mm -hmm. just uh, they got <laughs> they, Forgot his they lost in the last second and that man. The crowd, the crowd shot that we saw there was great. And you can see crowd shots in any sport, but you cannot see a one shining moment compilation, ladies and gentlemen. That has only happened with March Madness. That is only true in college basketball. You can't see that with the NFL. It doesn't happen in the MLB. There's no NBA. The Masters does not have one shining moment. It is only in the March Madness bracket. And I think for those reasons, you have to have one shining moment as your winner here. Looks like one shining moment just won its first national <laughs> championship. Yeah, we're declaring convinced me. We're declaring one shining moment is now the most elite of the elite things that happen every NCAA tournament. Dang. So look forward to that. Just you know, one shining just moment. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> compilation of tournament events. Crying fans, you know, you can even. I think an argument I did get make, a, a disbelief. But you can get crowd shots that. of disbelief in one shining you usually moment. Usually do. So one shining moment is like it's it's the granddaddy of them all. It's it's the whole pina colada. It's whatever kind of cliche weird phrase that your dad probably says that you want me to say about this. Um, that is the most elite thing I think that happens. Every, the two through seven, the two through eights can all be in that one shiny moment, can't they? Yeah. So I think the kid going off, maybe, maybe this disbelief. was all just a Player red herring. Crying. Maybe this was never even a competition at all because one shining moment that. always had the title in the bag. I did not even think about so that. So I, I think the only one that probably you can't have is I don't think anybody's putting this is March screenshots of true. Twitter in one shining moment. However, it is 2022. Unless a reporter says it. You never know what Or like happen. an analyst. Yeah, maybe, maybe Dickie V this says it. Also, that's some, Dick, uh, somebody. Let, can we get Dickie V on an NCAA tournament game? I know. What a shot! I know he's with ESPN, but, you know, the man just went through cancer. Uh, they did it with uh, the NBA reporter Craig Zager whenever he, you know, was battling health stuff. They let him call finals even though he wasn't signed with that company. Mm. Get Dickie V a Final Four game to call, please. Man, I Make love it basketball. Happen. Yeah, come together. We all want to – we want to see Dickie V at the show. We want to see him there. We want to see him guy. in the Final Four. So get, make that happen. But once yeah. again, to recap – 
one shining moment is the most elite thing that happens every NCAA tournament, every March Madness. It's the most consistent program. You can count on it every year. It's not going to be Gonzaga and make it to the championship and then lose. Okay? You can count on one shining moment every year. I like that. But uh, thank you for listening this week. Uh, this has been our March Madness preview. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about the As- uh, Oscars, <laughs> as uh, that will be happening that following Sunday on the 27th. So we'll be previewing that and uh, getting back into movies. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, underscore WDYWTW, underscore. DM us if you have any questions, show ideas, or again, just want to yell at us. Uh, but thank you for listening. Bye.